0: Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis, and I am here with Miranda Marquette. How are you doing, Miranda?
1: I am doing great. I am on the tail end of my recovery from my broken wrist, so I expect awesome things. Fantastic.
0: Ah, broken wrists. That kind of leads us into some health-related items, I suppose.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's that's what we're talking about today, man. I, I fell on my wrist while I was fencing, so... I probably wasn't going to die, but I felt like my health was severely impacted. At the very least, my mental health, because this has been a seriously annoying situation. And it's not the only thing. I, the thing I worried about is, will this make me afraid in the future? That might be a good thing, because according to a study in the International Journal of Advertising, fear messages in food advertising actually reduce people's intake of unhealthy foods.
0: So this is fear you're talking about yes. and fear messaging. There's certainly a lot of that in the world. And I wouldn't expect it to be healthy, but you're saying that it's, and, and the study is saying that fear messaging about food as in things that could kill us, bad foods is making us have more of an inclination to eat healthier.
1: I don't know if it's more of an inclination to eat healthier, but it, it does help you understand the consequences of your choices. For instance, I was silly enough to wear high heels to three different meetings on that day before I was fencing, and as a result, it weakened my ankles and I fell while I was fencing and broke my wrist. So now, if I know I'm going to be fencing, I will probably understand the consequences, so I'll take steps to avoid a similar injury in the future. Uh, because it was just awful. And I think that's where that fear message comes in. When you take a look at it and you realize the consequences of your health decisions, uh, you're more likely to, to change the way you do things.
0: We can't talk about this without talking about smoking. There's certainly a lot of uh, public service announcements use fear to dissuade people from smoking. They, certainly people understand the consequences but they continue to smoke.
1: I think on an individual level, you have that issue. But if you look at the statistics overall, uh, the incidence of smoking is going down. Individually, mm-hmm. you know, we're all going to make stupid choices. I still eat crappy food sometimes, even though I know I shouldn't. We all do on an individual basis. We all make these choices that maybe aren't the best for us. But as a widespread impact, uh, these kinds of messages can be helpful. Uh, one of the more interesting things that my ex-husband found in a a psychological study they did was they had a better chance of keeping uh, teenagers away from drugs and smoking by showing the physical changes that come and and showing them basically how ugly they'd be. (laughs) (laughs) And that actually influenced more kids to stay away from things like meth, stay away from smoking, stay away from uh, these drugs that actually long-term impact their appearance because they didn't want to look like that.
0: Yeah, so it's all about looks. That's, that's what really hits home for people.
1: A lot of the time, yeah, when it comes to, well, think about the reasons. Why do we want to lose weight? Why do we want to exercise more? Why do we mm. want to do this? Well, so we look good, right?
0: Yeah, certainly that helps to motivate me as much as I've been motivated to live healthier which in some ways i have been and in other ways i haven't so much but yeah uh i think uh, i agree with that and the threat of being sick and of an early death seems far away but the threat of developing unattractive features seems to be more immediate and maybe that has a better uh, maybe that message is better for convincing people to live a healthy lifestyle
1: Yeah. And I think seeing the consequences helps a lot too. We talk about, oh, well, death is a long way off and we're going to be old, like down the road. We'll have plenty of time later. There was an interesting site a few years ago that would take your picture. You'd give them an image of yourself now. And then they'd ask you about your health habits. Then they'd show you what you'd look like in 30, 40, 50 years, show you how you would age based on the health things that you do. And I was just looking at, you know, the face of death and <laughs> realized how much more I needed to do to take my health game to the next level. It's, it's not so much about dying early as quality of life later on. Do you, do you really want to be bedridden? I, I look at my grandfather who's getting up there in age, but, you know, he still plays golf and everything else because he's lived a healthy lifestyle. Sure.
0: You pointed out to me earlier this, uh, the website where you put in some information about yourself and it tells you what age you are physically more related to than your actual chronological age. And I am 40 now and I took this little quiz online, um, which we'll have a link to and we'll talk about it a little bit later. And it said I was 45.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm 36 and my age said 40.
0: Uh, okay. So <laughs> you're you're living a little healthier than I am, it sounds like.
1: Not much, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of these things are designed to, to give you that fear and say, listen, you know, I, I think very few people are going to run through this test and get a, you know, a favorable result where you say, you know, chronologically, I'm 40, but I took this test and it says I'm, I'm as healthy as an 18-year-old. Well, that's probably not going to happen. I think, I think these sites are designed to get you thinking, use a little bit of fear about, about your healthy living.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What are some of the most important things that you can do right now for your health? What's what's gonna help you get to you know whatever age you wanna be and that quality of life that you're hoping to experience?
0: Well, I really think that one of the biggest impact, uh, the, the thing that has the biggest impact on your health is your nutrition. So it may not be your exercise. There are some studies that have tracked people over the last decade. They show that, nutrition has a better impact on your overall health than exercise, though exercise is still important. So I think the first thing to look at is the way you eat, what you're eating, how you're eating it, how often you're eating, how much you're eating, and what's inside some of the things that you are eating.
1: Yeah, for sure. They've found too that everybody's like, oh, calories in, calories out. And I can tell you from experience, meticulously tracking my calories, that it's not always a matter of calories in, versus calories burned, a lot of the time it does matter. And they've got some research to back up this view, the kinds of calories you have matter as well.
0: So some calories are better than others.
1: Yes. And one of the worst offenders is, you know, that they know now always science is always changing, they're always coming out with something different. But sugar is the worst. (laughs) Right? And uh, whether you're whether you're drinking your calories because of soda or whether you're eating a lot of processed sugary foods, that can have a huge impact on your health. I know that uh, I, I can never get rid of sugar entirely because I'm just not, that's just not practical for me. But cutting back makes a big difference. Uh, reducing the number of sweets that I have in the day has been one of the biggest things for me, even more than exercise.
0: Yeah, one of the best ways to deal with the sugar, and that's going to have the most impact for a lot of people right now, is to eliminate soda and fruit drinks and things like that. Because those drinks have so much sugar, that's way more than what our bodies can really handle and would be a healthy level. And I cut back on soda, not completely, but very, very significantly, you know, maybe less than one drink of soda a day, maybe a couple of drinks of soda a week. Doing this did have a big impact on my health, and I did lose some weight after doing this and was certainly felt a lot better throughout the day. I also don't drink coffee. I try to stick with water these days, and it really has made a big difference. And now, whenever I do drink a little bit of soda. I feel it. I mean, it feels different in my body and it feels wrong and it's way too sweet. You know, I don't have a taste for it anymore, I guess.
1: Yeah, you you tend to lose that a little bit as as you kind of wean yourself off of it. Uh, The same is true of really processed grains. Moving to more whole grains in my diet has helped a lot. I like bread. I like those kinds (laughs) of things. But I found that you know, switching to whole wheat bread instead of, you know, using white bread or uh, whole wheat pasta, that can help reduce the amount of processed grains that you're having and, and kind of look to more a whole grain menu that is a little more complex and harder for your body to break down and doesn't immediately turn into fat.
0: Another thing that helps and has helped me is forgoing the restaurant meals or the, again, processed stuff that you can buy in the supermarket instead of doing more actual meal preparation at home and cooking yourself. And for me as a single guy, this was pretty pretty hard for me to, you know, I always felt like I didn't have time for it and I just didn't want to put in the effort of making meals every day. But as listeners know, I've started using Blue Apron over the past uh, several months at this point, maybe even a year, I don't know. And it's been amazing. I mean, now I feel like I am able to cook. I make time for it most of the time. And the meals are so much healthier than they would be if I was just uh, continuing to eat the way I was eating previous to this. Of course... This all depends on how much of each meal I eat in a sitting. I still find that I'm hungrier than the suggested portions dictate. So I often eat more than I should of these meals. Um, At least it's healthy. But, you know, the other key is not eating more than you're supposed to eat uh, for your body. And keeping your appetite down by drinking more water is one key to that. And so I've been drinking a whole lot more water lately. So between the meal prep and a reminder on my phone, I have an app that reminds me every so often to take some water. These two things are definitely helping me out on the nutrition side. And I know that it's going to, uh, it's already starting to pay off. I can feel it and it'll just continue to as I get better at doing this.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the interesting things about this. Uh, you add more fruits and vegetables to your diet. You eat more lean protein. Uh, you do this meal prep at home, get rid of some of this processed sugar. You start doing these things and it's not just about losing weight. All of a sudden you feel better. You're, mm-hmm. you're more energetic. You feel better about yourself in general. And you just feel better able to meet life's challenges. And all of that comes just from what you eat
0: it's amazing. It's crazy. So important.
1: Yeah, so very important. So, even though eating is more important than physical activity, that's not to say that you should just sit around all day, right?
0: Yeah, you've got to be physically active. Uh we've certainly as a culture gotten to the point where we sit down all day at work instead of, you know, working in fields and hunting and gathering and you know, all these types of life activities that in the past would have kept us in shape. Now we sit at work in front of a computer, we come home, we sit on the couch in front of the TV. There's a lot of sedentariness. We're very sedentary. We have to counteract that somehow, even though we probably can't do it completely. And that involves getting a significant amount of physical activity in.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you go to the gym for two hours a day. I think on one one of our past shows on physical activity, we talked about how you can increase your longevity just by walking a few minutes each day. So at lunchtime, at your fifteen minute break, whatever, uh take a walk or stand up and stretch. I know I work at the computer a lot because I'm a writer and I make time every so often to get up and I stretch and I do a little yoga and I, I walk around and this was made really important to me when I first got done with my surgery for my wrist. They told me, you know, you need to get up and move around during the day. You need to walk. You, you want to avoid blood clots after mm. your surgery. That'll put the fear of God into you, I tell you what. Uh, <laughs> if you don't walk around after your surgery, you're going to die. So that was uh, kind of an eye-opener. So you definitely want to keep doing that. And it's, and it's not just about keeping your weight down. Mm-hmm. But regular exercise helps you maintain flexibility and bone strength as you age.
0: Sure. Just getting up is going to make sure that your your bones, joints, muscles, everything is working properly in your body the way it should. And it's not gonna happen if you spend so much of your day sitting down and not getting the activity that you need.
1: And then of course, your physical activity can help you reduce stress. And stress has its own problems. But physical activity helps re- relieve stress. It can boost the endorphins in your brain and help you feel better, improve your mood. So there's a lot of a lot of benefits to physical activity that can help you through your entire life.
0: Probably the worst time for me health-wise was when I was working eight hours in an office. I was coming home, eating some kind of quick dinner because I was already pretty tired. And then working another eight hours, sitting at a computer, working on my own business. There was just so much sitting. And because I was working so much, and this goes back to even even before that, when I had a job where I was working maybe 80 hours a week, at least at that time, a lot of the work I was doing involved running around and getting things done at a site, where there was an event, at least I was moving around a lot at that job. It was, it was when I started working the corporate life that things started getting pretty bad. And when I was working so much within that corporate structure, and then going home and working so much, I'd be missing out on effective sleep. I would get maybe just a couple of hours of sleep a night, up to four maybe. And of course, the sleep wasn't very good. And I'd just be tired the next day and my health really suffered. So sleep in addition to activity and nutrition, is such an important piece of overall health that's going to help you live longer and maintain your attractiveness throughout life.
1: Definitely. I think it's amazing how important it is to pay attention to those things. Once you get into those bad habits, it can be hard to get out and it turns into this sort of downward spiral.
0: What can we do to get more good sleep in our life?
1: Yeah, and that's one of the most important things. And a lot of it just has to do with, you know, sticking to a regular bedtime, keeping your room dark and cool, Mm -hmm. uh, stay away from caffeine and even alcohol close to bedtime. I know a lot of the time we think of alcohol as something that helps us go to sleep. Uh, But the reality is, is that once it wears off, it can be problematic and wake you up in the middle of the night. So they actually recommend avoiding alcohol, uh, close to bedtime along with caffeine. But this whole keeping your room dark is really important. I found out when I first moved into this house, there's a street light. We uh, The backyard goes against a semi-busy street. There's a school across the way. And so there is a street light that is right out my back window mm. in my room. And it's, of course, on all night. And I just had blinds, and it was not enough. My whole room was still lit up all night. And it wasn't until I went and bought some room darkening curtains that I was able to get some good sleep.
0: Yeah. On that note, what I do is I actually have an eye mask that I will use sometimes. I also have a light that's uh, a street light that is basically right outside my window. If I'm not incredibly tired, then it will keep me up. And an eye mask is something that will help deal with that. Uh, and also, if you have a partner who likes to read at night, then you can use an eye mask to maintain darkness for you while your partner is still comfortable in their routine. Speaking of routines, like you did, the routine is such an important piece of effective sleep. Although, you know, we may enjoy life when we don't have a set routine during the day, a nighttime routine is what our body just expects. Everything works more effectively. You have uh, better health, better night's sleep when you stick to a routine that involves darkness and it involves calmness and it gives you everything your body expects.
1: And one of the things I've done and one of the things you need to be careful about is what you do with your phone with your electronics. Mm. And you and everybody else out there, I know you're sleeping with your phone in your room. You are. You really just are. And, And I do too. So one of the things I've started doing is I've instituted a do not disturb feature. Most phones have this. You can go in and say, don't notify me of texts or calls between the hours of 1130 p.m. and 730 a.m. I have it set so that my mom can get through, and my son can get through, and my ex can get through. And that is it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> those are the only people that can get through to me between those hours because it won't, it won't notify me. And that's helps. And then the other thing I do is turn my phone so that the screen is face down mm-hmm. so that if something does come up uh, or something flashes on the screen, it doesn't wake, you know, it doesn't trigger that light and, and wake you up. But that electronic use is a big thing. And they found that these backlit screens, of your phones, stimulate parts in your brain that make it hard to fall asleep. So if you're using your phone just before you go to bed, you're going to have a harder time falling asleep.
0: There are some apps that will change the color of the light on your phone, which is is actually important because it's that most phones have kind of a bluish light even if you don't see it automatically and there are some apps that will based on the time of day will reduce the bluish tint and make it more orange which is a little easier for your it keeps your eyes a little and your brain more relaxed so at night you're not stimulated if you're looking at your phone but the best thing is to just not look at the phone at night at all regardless of what color the screen is
1: and the best thing for me, the best thing in the world for me has been the Kindle Paperwhite because this is this is a version of the Kindle that it's not backlit. It looks like you would with a reading light shining on a regular page so it doesn't have that same effect on your eyes, but it automatically fades away after five minutes. It'll The screen will turn off automatically. And I am the sort of person who loves to just lay in bed and read and I will fall asleep and if I've got the light on, of course, about two or three in the morning, I wake up and the light's on and it's crazy. But thanks to the Kindle Paperwhite, now I fall asleep while I'm reading and the screen goes off and I don't wake up again until morning.
0: Along with everything about sleep, just overall relaxation during the day is is important, especially for adults with a very stressful life. You know, a lot of things going on. I know I've got a ton of things going on in my life, and I've got to make time for, you know, sleep, we've got down to a science right now for the most part. It's it's this relaxation during the day. It's taking time out. Uh, This is such an important piece of health.
1: Oh, yes. It reduces your stress. It can help increase your creativity, make you feel better about life. So definitely learning to relax during the day. We've talked about breathing exercises in the past and how if you start to feel stressed, you can use these breathing exercises to just relax. You you don't have to take an hour in the spa every day or have a 45-minute massage every day to relax.
0: We, we've talked about the 478 breathing technique, which you can, we'll, we'll have a link to that on adulting.tv, so check that out. You can see a, a video where I talk about that. And there's another one that helps uh, regardless of where you are, as long as you have a few minutes to close your eyes, or you can do it at night before you go to sleep. It's called progressive muscle relaxation. The way I like to do it is different than the way people usually suggest doing it. Basically, you focus on every muscle in your body uh, from one end of your body to the other. And although a lot of people talk about starting at your head and going towards your feet, I like to start at your feet and go towards your head because for me that has just worked better and allows me to get into a deeper relaxed state. So the way you would go about doing this, and this is good for any time of the day, you can do it sitting up if you could just close your eyes. And if you're relatively comfortable, you can do it lying down on your back. Start with your toes and tense those muscles and relax. Tense them another time even further and then relax even deeper. And then move on to the next muscle in your foot, you know, the the ball of your feet maybe. And just tense up the ball of your foot or focus on that area and relax. Do it again, tense even tighter, relax even deeper. And then breathe, and then move on to the next muscle, and you just go up your body in this progressive, uh, you know, and through this progression throughout your body, go through your arms and your fingers, go back to your body, and go up your neck, to your head, to the very tip of your head, and it's so relaxing. It'll take just a few minutes, and really helps you recenter and give you some, give give you that extra health boost that comes through relaxing throughout the day.
1: Yeah. And that's a, a really good point. Uh, you do want that health boost. And all of the things that we do now to pay attention to your health build. And that's how you enjoy a healthy life later. If you don't start living that healthy life now, uh, you're going to die early or you're, or you're going to have a very poor quality of life. Absolutely. So what are some things that we can do now to start getting on the right track?
0: We talked a little bit about this before. VitalityAge.com dot com has a little quiz that you can take just to get a little status on on your health. They ask you questions like, uh, "Do you?" They're very general questions, and you're not expected to come up with uh, you know some very specific things about your your eating and exercise habits, but. Just overall, it'll give you a nice little idea of how old your body thinks it is, I guess is a good way to put it. So again, that's vitalityage.com. So take a look and get a nice scare in terms of what your health is really telling you.
1: One of the things I like about that is it gives you some specific things you should maybe be doing to like lower your body's age. Mm -hmm. Basically, mine amounted to I need to lose, I still need to lose a little bit more weight in order to bring my body's age down in line with my chronological age.
0: Yeah, and it's the same with me. And another thing, uh, based on all this information, make one small habit change. It just starts with one. Just change one habit. For me, that is exercising more and doing something specific. For me, it's going to be push-ups every day. That is one small habit that is going to make a big difference. I've already started, so it's, it's going okay, but over time, I'll be doing more push-ups, and I really think this will this will pay off because I've seen it pay off for people, and I and and uh, I really believe that it will.
1: Yeah, that one small habit is is a great way to start because you can turn that into a, a true lifestyle change. Sure. I think one of the problems people do is say, "Well, I'm going to do this this intense program. I'm going to do this 21 day fix. I'm going to do this." insanity thing or or whatever the program is. It, there's nothing wrong with them, but the problem is, is you do this really intense program for three weeks and you, you keep, that's not sustainable. Right. Making a small habit change one at a time allows you to incorporate it into your life and then move on to the next habit.
0: So we want to ask you, what is the one small habit that you're going to change to live a healthier life in order to maintain your attractiveness over time? And of course... Of course, live longer, but as we found out, it's really the fear of being ugly that propels people to make these changes. So what is the one small habit that you will change, one thing that you'll do from now going forward to prevent yourself from getting ugly?
1: Right, and on that note, we do have a question. It says, I do really well at good habits until something interrupts my schedule. How can I maintain healthy habits when I get off schedule?
0: Yes, things in life interrupt our schedule. That is just a fact of life out of one of the many facts of life. So you have to, It's it, it just comes down to dealing with interruptions. How do you deal with interruptions? You can't eliminate them from your life because you You live in an environment. There are other people around you. You could have a family that needs you at certain times, and you cannot avoid those responsibilities whenever they come, even if it comes in the 30 minutes that you've set aside a week for your relaxation, for example. You will get interrupted. So the best way to handle that, to handle interruptions, is to be flexible, And to understand that these interruptions are going to come. You can't eliminate them. You just need to adjust around them. So you get interrupted. Your schedule is out of whack. You need to adjust, find some other time to do, to sleep, to do relaxation, whatever it has. Just don't let these interruptions become a habit. If you have any control over them whatsoever, try to make those interruptions happen when they are less impactful to to your daily life but there's going to be a lot of times where you can't do that so it just comes down to being flexible at least that's how i would approach this miranda maybe you have some thoughts as well
1: well i think that one of the issues you run into as well is when you're traveling i'll be traveling quite a bit over the summer and i know that that's going to get me off schedule it changes the way i eat it changes the way I do everything, and so to make up for that, I try and do kind of a scaled back version. I make sure I still get up and do my yoga, no matter where I am. I may not do as much in terms of working out, but I try and make sure I squeeze in some walking. I try and make healthier decisions when I'm out to eat. I try and make sure that I you know see some friends so I can you know get a home cooked meal at their place. <laughs> And let them know, anybody who wants to come and stay with me in the middle of nowhere is welcome to come and I'll I'll feed you and house you. But yeah, trying to find little ways to at least keep some of what you do in your routine is very important. I know people who, when they travel, they have to go to the hotel gym and they've got to do the hotel gym for an hour. And that's cool if you can do that. But for me, it's just more of I, I try and keep it in there even if it's a scaled down version
0: it's all about adjusting and figuring out what works uh, despite the interruptions that you have and the changes of plan and the traveling and everything else that we have to do. So on that note, we do want to invite you to visit our website at adulting.tv. Uh lots of great podcasts we've done. We've done several on health, so be sure to look for that. And join our Facebook community, the adulting.tv community, and join some of the discussions that we've been having about health. I think uh, I think there's some great opportunities for us to share information with each other and do tell us about that one habit that you will be changing. We are on iTunes, so subscribe and leave us a review, and ask us any questions at adulting.tv ask, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.